The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald. Garen Perrow, columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're going international by catching up with Chris Gatison. Chris is CEO of ASX listed Nova Minerals and he's talking to us today from Alaska where things are warming up, both in terms of the weather and what Nova has on the go at its flagship Estelle Gold Project in the fabled Tintina Gold Belt, which is about 180 k's or so northwest of Anchorage. Nova has a market price of 5.3 cents at the moment uh, for a market cap of 54 million. Its code is NVA or November Victor Alpha to be sure. Now Nova has a 2.5 million ounce gold resource under its belt and reckons the best is yet to come. With that I'm going to say good day to Chris and welcome him to the podcast. Hi Chris and thanks for your time today. Yeah it's great to be here Barry thanks for having us. Okay, Chris, um, if we could, let's start out by getting a bit of a, a rundown on where you hail from originally and your prof- professional background. Right, so I'm an economic geologist, uh, mining and exploration. I, um, I've i worked in, you know, with larger companies, Newmont and these type of companies and, and smaller junior companies in Australia, in North America, Australia, mainly Western Australia, Kalgoorlie, reborn and rebred, I like to say, mm-hmm. uh, in Southeast Asia. Indonesia, Laos, Thailand. And, um, you know, I started my career as a young exploration geologist in Alaska. I'm from Alaska. And here I've come full circle. So now I'm back in Alaska um, working with an Australian company. So that's down under coming meets up top. Right. So um, <laughs> it's uh, it's really it's really perfect. So I've, uh, it's a dream come true, really, to, get, to come back home. But my uh, from my experience, I really uh specialize or my forte i like to think is taking projects from the resource stage uh into production so starting up mines from the from the early resource stage which is perfectly suited for what nova minerals is doing and, and where we are right now now i mentioned the flagship project is still um uh, 182 million tons at 0.43 grams a ton as you're well aware, I'm sure there's a bit of fixation in Australia at the moment on uh, gold projects have to be high grade. Um, this is a very different proposition. Um, it's obviously a, a low strip bulk mining heap leach style of deposit. I was just wondering if you could uh, give uh, the listeners a feel for you know, the economic potential of these big, albeit low grade uh, heap leach operations in that part of the world. Absolutely. And, and you said it there, big. These are really behemoth style deposits. So in the Tintina Gold Province uh, that we have here, which is our neighborhood, um, which stretches from Alaska into the Yukon, this has been one of the hottest belts over the last few decades in terms of production and exploration. Over 200 million ounces documented. Some of the major projects um, in, in our in our region would be the, the Victoria Gold Dublin Gulch um, uh, pro- project, recently started up production. Uh, Kinross's Fort Knox and Fairbanks on the Alaska side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Donlin. Creek Project, Barrick and Nova Gold, a 50-50 joint venture at 40 million ounces. Pogo, which Northern Star out of Australia recently uh, took over and turned around. That's a 10 million ounce. So 10 million ounce plus 
uh, districts, 10 million ounce plus uh, deposits are not uncommon in our neighborhood. And this is where the Estelle Gold Project is, situated in the Centina Gold Province. And so these are intrusive related gold systems. And what we have are uh, basically a very large sea of mineralization. So it's not these uh, very narrow, high-grade type uh, structures, which you're used to perhaps in, in many parts of Australia. It's a very large uh, sea of mineralization, like I said, deposit. And so what that means is that you have a very uh, low strip ratio, 20, 30-year mine lies, uh, because they're heap leach, ma mainly heap leach operations, very low capex, and also on, on, on that uh, very low uh, operating cost as well. So if you look at, we'll just do some comparison so you can understand. So yeah. if you look at, let's say, Pogo, which is also in the Tintina Gold Province, they're they're on one of these very high-grade, uh, it's also intrusive-related, but it's a high-grade structure. They mine gold in the 8 to 9 grams per ton range. Mm -hmm. uh, contrast that with the Fort Knox deposit, which is exactly uh, very similar and exactly the same geology, same age of rocks and the same style of mineralization as we have at Estelle. But Fort Knox, their average grade is 0 0.3 grams per ton. So just think mm -hmm. of that, 0 0.3 mm -hmm. at Fort Knox versus 8 grams per ton at, at Pogo. And so Fort Knox, they produce gold between six and $800 an ounce, whereas Pogo produces gold between twelve. $1,300 an ounce. So there you see so these very uh, these intrusive-related gold systems, very large, and uh, they're some of the most profitable mines in the world. And they're in that grade range, that 0.3 to 0.8, uh, 0 0.3 to 0 0.8 grams per ton grade range, where the heap leaching really works well. You get material that's too high grade on a heap leach, and it can't be all properly leached out with the, mm -hmm. um, the uh, solutions that you put on there. So very low, uh, very low operating cost in terms of the heat leach. So yeah, a very large, low strip ratio, open pit from surface, uh, and that's what we have at, at our Corbell deposit um, uh, at the Estelle Gold Project right now. All right. Now, I appreciate you're still in the resources build building phase, but uh, obviously a key to success with these uh, style of uh, projects is uh, the recovery rates. Have you done any work on recoveries yet? Yes, we have. Yes, we have, Barry. In fact, um, this is what sets us apart from our peers like Fort Knox and Dublin Gulch, similar styles of mineralization. But our recoveries are showing exceptional, exceptional results. Uh, recent uh, preliminary early stage uh, metallurgical test work that we've done is showing our recoveries to come back at 76%. Now, to put that in perspective, our peers, which you've already mentioned, are having recoveries in the 55 to 60% range. If to really understand this and really understand the gravity of this and how exceptional this is, every one or two percent um, additional recovery in these deposits has a huge impact, very sensitive. The profitability is very sensitive, so a huge impact on your bottom line. And so we're very, very encouraged by that. 76 percent. And that's just early stage. We have yet to do the more um, uh, involved metallurgical studies, which will be starting later this year after our updated resource comes out in mid-year. In mid and these, these uh, more uh, serious metallurgical studies will then start to optimize leach solutions and look at some metallurgical up upgrades. And so that number from 76% can only go up, right? It can only go up. So uh, absolutely, that's, a, that's something that's very encouraging with our project. So is, is, is that uh, because of the nature of the mineralization or are you using some particular proprietary uh, technique that uh, gives you that uh, recovery edge? 
Right. It's simply the nature of the mineralization. Yeah. It's just simply our style of our ore body. It, the gold seems to be more liberated and more disseminated throughout the rock. Um, and it's not locked up in any, in any sulfides or anything like that. So it's, it's simply uh, our, you know, we also have very low copper, very, uh, no copper really, and uh, very low silver. So it's a very clean ore body in that sense. So we're very, we're, we're very lucky to have it like that. You know, and what we're discussing here, uh, Barry, is the Corbell deposit. So this Corbell deposit, where we've defined the two and a half million ounces that you've uh, inferred resource that you've already alluded to, is um, at, at one deposit. And currently, as we speak, our drilling program for the, the 2020 drilling program is going on right now. And what we're trying to do is take that two and a half million ounces to double it or perhaps triple it. So we're looking at a target between the five to seven million ounce range. Because remember, our two and a half million ounces was defined, uh, we only drilled down to 100 meters and, it, and that deposit remains open at, at all in, in all directions. And so this time, what we're doing now is drilling down to 500 meters, which the geophysical work that we've done shows the uh, mineralization remains open at that deep. Also, we're stepping out and infill drilling. And so we're increasing the resource in terms of tons and volume going to the five to seven million ounce range, but we're also proving it up. So we're going to take a significant portion of that resource and bringing, up, bringing it up into the uh, higher confidence level. So measured and indicated, uh, a significant portion will be measured and indicated. And what that will enable us to do is once we uh, report the updated resource in mid-year is start to uh, focus on some uh, preliminary uh, economic studies, feasibility studies later in the year, and really fast track what we're doing there at Corbell and fast that into, into production. Our internal schedules, you know, we're, we're looking at a 20, 2023 date for some kind of mining situation or, um, or at least a decision to mine by 2023. And we're talking about Corbell. Now, remember, we have a 220 square kilometer claim group out there. And across that claim group, in addition to Corbell, we have 15 other known prospects, Barry. And so these are at various stages of at advance of advancement. To name a few that have been in the news would be the RPM prospect, where we have some drilling there, 100 meters at one gram per ton, as well as the shoe shine prospect, where we have 113 grams per ton in rock chips. And what we intend to do this summer is also go to those and begin to continue to advance these projects. Because what we're doing is unlocking the district out there. And so this is a pipeline of projects to, in the future, feed into our. Uh, Corbell Central Processing Area to be able, as I said, 20 multi-decade mine life um, at Corbell will have some kind of super pit scenario, and then the some of these higher grade deposits from from the south, the southern areas of our claim group will feed into that area. And so we're, we're, we're very excited about the future, and we're fast tracking this. And as you can see, uh, we're, we're definitely on a path to production here in mm. the uh, coming years. Okay. Um just to uh, pause a bit, I guess, we have to talk about COVID-19. Is that having any impact on your uh, plans for 2020 in the field? We had a brief hiatus uh, right when it hit. Um, that our, our drillers went off site or, you know, there's a lot of unknowns there. Our drillers went off, off site for a few weeks and we had to uh, um, um, just, uh, stop the drilling program for a short period of time. But we've brought them back in. They, they've done their quarantine and they, we've brought them back into site and we, we've already started drilling again. So I like to, you know, in Alaska, it's not very diff difficult to follow the guidelines in many ways. I, I say a, a bit in jest, but we're naturally six miles apart up here as opposed to the required <laughs> six feet, as the uh, health department says. We also work remotely. You know, mm -hmm. we have uh, one drill rig going now, soon to be two. So on site right now, there's only eight to 10 people. We're in a remote, remote, remote camp location. Uh, very few people in and out, and we we test 
um, the people that are coming in and out. So it hasn't been very difficult for us and it's had a minimal impact, I'd say. A short downtime, but we're back at it. And it's uh, in the, for, the, for the foreseeable future, I, I don't see that having a large impact on what we're doing, uh, certainly not this year. Right. Now, while the project's remote, I was just wondering what the infrastructure uh, in the, the region is uh, that you might be able to leverage off. Right. So that's uh, something important we recently uh, released in an announcement is that we're working on an MOU with uh, ADEA and the uh, Matsu Borough. That would be like a county or a, um, a council or something in Australia. Like So the Matsu Borough is where we work here locally. And also ADEA is the Alaska Industrial Development and Export Authority. And they're in charge of uh, working with uh, you know, uh, businesses in creating public-private partnerships to create infrastructure in Alaska. And so we're signing an MOU with them. There's already something on the table called the West Susitna Road Project. And this project will be uh, stretching from the Port, from Port McKenzie facility, which is a newly constructed facility there uh, just across from Anchorage, the, the main city in Alaska. And it'll be running uh, roughly 100 miles to our, uh, to right, with a terminus right there at the Estelle uh, Mining District where we are. So we're quite excited about this. Uh, we're in uh, phase two of that of that uh, begins this summer with some environmental studies and looking at the um, you know land mapping and the uh, important river crossings and so that's you know we're we're kind of we're advancing that and we see that hopefully uh, coming into fruition um, by the time that we're ready to uh, begin some type of production out there in 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 by 2023 around in that area so that's quite exciting. Okay. Uh, perhaps a, a strange question. You've got already quite a large uh, resource belt for a company with a $54 million market cap. I was just wondering, are you looking over your shoulder at all worried, uh, you know, with gold at elevated prices, US 1700, most people are assuming it's going to go higher. Are you a bit worried that uh, someone else might be uh, coming at you at some stage? Well, you know, it's always lurking in the background, perhaps. Certainly, um, you know, the uh, the larger mining companies and uh you know, a lot of people are. We're starting to be on a lot of a lot of radars, and the smart money money, as we as we're starting to see, is starting to take a major interest in in Nova Minerals. Um, have a lot of mandates on the table if we so choose to uh, to raise money and such. So, but you know, from our perspective, uh, you can see how exciting this project is, and how encouraging how encouraging the results have been so far. And um, you know, we're that's not really our objective. We're not here to sell Nova Minerals. We're here to grow this into the next major mining company. And so that's our objective. That's something our shareholders should be sure about. Um, so you never know what's happening in the background. And certainly it wouldn't surprise me if there's uh, an interest in, in, in terms of trying to take out Nova, but that is not on the cards for us right now. We're here to grow this company and uh, really, you know, I should mention we're, we're discovering that today we've discovered gold. Uh, our discovery cost is less than a dollar an ounce, about a dollar an ounce. Now that'll, that'll creep up slightly over the years to come as we spend more money drilling out these resources. But where do you get that in the world today? Uh, you know, so it's it's a uh, less than ten dollars an ounce is pretty spectacular. And you know, most mines I think, or most discoveries are in the thirty to forty dollar ounce range. So one dollar discoveries cost as we speak. So for sure, people are looking at us, but that's not our objective. Yeah. Right. Um- and just just to give investors a bit of a feel for you're at 2.5 million ounces now and uh, working on doubling it if uh, if not increasing it more. What sort of production potential, annual production potential, are we potentially looking at in uh, you know, post 2023, 24? Right. So the initial um, 
the, the, the initial plan is we have an area there at Corbell where we've been intersected higher grades up to an ounce per ton. And so that's where our drilling is focused on right now. We call it Block B. If people have been following our story and understand the anomalies there, we call it Block B. That's our starter pit. And so that would be uh, the initial production would come from that area. And we're looking something at around 100,000 ounces, uh, 100, ounces per year type production. But as I said, it's much larger than that. And that'll be our starter uh, pit. That'll be our starter uh, scenario. But in the long term, as we get the cash flow and we are able to grow, um, there will be, you know, the, what we see there with these, these large anomalies is that all these anomalies are uh, looking like they're tying together. So we'll have some kind of super pit out there. And um, that's a, so, so that, that could get, bring us up to an operation to half a million ounces a year production, something along those lines, because Corbell's 10 million ounces. These other prospects I've discussed across our claim group will bring in many, many more million ounces. We're not going home to tell you that, you know, in, in, internally we say we're not going home until we get the 50 million ounces. And so that's not uh, the geological fundamentals. And the geologist has told us that that is uh, absolutely the type of project we're sitting on. You know, Donlin just down the road from us is a 40 million ounce project. And so we're not going home until we, uh, we get 50 million ounces. A lot of work ahead of us, but that's really our target. Right. Okay. Uh, obviously, a lot on your plate there, Estelle. But uh, you do have some other interests. I noted uh, this uh, lithium project, Thompson Brothers in uh, Manitoba, across here in Canada. What's what's the story there? Right. So Estelle's our flagship. That's our our main focus, which is gold. But we also have the uh, yeah, that's right, the Thompson Brothers lithium project in Manitoba, Canada. The story with that is we're working there to uh, we're engaging in some feasibility studies and some metal metallurgical studies as we speak uh, with some ore sorting technology and things to, to upgrade it. But what we have there is we have a, currently we have an MOU in place with Sinomine, which owns the Tanko mine. Uh, Sinomine is the company. Tanko mine is the, uh, is the operation right outside of Win Winnipeg. They have a, um, uh, a, a, a plant, a, a lithium concentration plant, flotation plant on care and maintenance there with no ore. And so we're, we're the most advanced project in that area. We have an MOU in place for a direct shipping or um, offtake agreement to basically um, just we just pick it up, put it on the rail line, which is right next to us, and it runs right down to the Tanko mine. And so we're working on that to advance that. Um, it's quite exciting. Um, but we have a we'll 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 be listing a separate company known as Snow Lake Resources uh, when the time when the times comes, and we'll be uh, extracting the the maximum uh, benefit and value for their shareholders. Uh, but we're still working on it. We're still working on it. Well, yeah, nice one to have in the, the back pocket there. You know, it's uh, with this DSO offtake, it's a, it's a quick cash flow type scenario for us. You know, it's a, it's a cash flow ready project, really. Yeah. Times right. Now, I've also noticed um, recently you uh, put your foot on a 19.9% stake in ASX listed Torian Resources. Uh, We've got some interesting ground positions on the Zaluka Sheer near Kalgoorlie and up at Leonora. What was the what's the strategy behind that? Barry, you you cannot beat that ground there. In fact, I personally worked, as I said, reborn and rebred in Kalgoorlie. Uh, I had a lot of input on that as well, along with Louis and uh, Louis Simmons and Avi Kimmelman, our directors. But um, uh, the Zuleki Shear Zone has been uh, just a hot producer for so long. I personally worked in that area, Leonora up there near the Taramula mine. And those I worked in those areas as well. So that that ground, you know, you know these projects up there, they've mm -hmm. been known to start and just go on for years and years and years. And so we've got quite a good ground holding there, geologically very perspective. And so we intend to take uh, Torian and really build that one into 
the next major Western Australian gold gold producer. So the ground is was just too good to give to uh, to pass up, and so that's why we made that deal. And you'll be seeing a lot of news flow on that to come here over the next year. Okay. Uh, talking about news flow, uh, what should investors be looking out for in the uh, the months ahead as uh, things get going on the ground in Alaska? Right. Look for results to be um, you know coming out periodically from the current drilling program at, at the Distel Gold Project. Look for our mid-year resource upgrade. Look for the commencement of feasibility and further metallurgical studies um, later in the year. And uh, you know, keep just keep Nova Minerals. On your radars, it would be my advice to uh, potential investors. Alaska and the world is going through another gold rush. This is the exact same location where the original Alaska gold rushes were, you know, the Klondike and the ones in Fairbanks and Nome. And so it's happening again. Um, is uh, Look at Nova Mineral as an opportunity to tap into that. And uh, we have a, we're very poised. We're poised for growth, obviously. Uh, get in early. You know, we're still pretty cheap, but a lot of people are catching on. And so... Uh, uh, yeah, so that would be my, my advice to uh, my message to potential investors. Excellent. All right. Uh, good stuff, Chris. There we go, folks. Uh, very interesting story. Uh, Chris has uh, given us a, a good rundown of all what to look out for. So uh, with that, Chris, I'm going to say thanks very much for your time and best of luck with it all. Yeah, thanks for having us, Barry. And uh, I can't wait till the next up- update in the months to come. Look forward to it. Cheers, mate.